It can be really hard for us to relax at night. We're always thinking about covering crime. But the good news is our wonderful new sponsor, Via, has a terrific product that helps us unwind. Via Hemp has a wide range of terrific gummies of both the THC and THC-free varieties. They can help you with focus, recovery, sleep, creativity, or just plain enjoyment. These products legally ship to all 50 states. I really liked Zen in particular. This is a yummy blueberry option that lets you catch a chill sleep with help from CBN and CBD. It's really helped me turn off my brain and settle down for the night. I also got a shout out Flow State. It helped me feel energized throughout the day. Like not to brag, but I got a lot done. I'm talking about doing several interviews and editing a whole show from start to finish, not to mention jumping on some of the latest filings in the cases we cover. It really made me feel sharp and ready to tackle any challenge. I couldn't recommend this more. Via has so many great gummy options to choose from. Everything from guava berry low dose that allows you to microdose THC to the chill-inducing Delta 9 gummy dreams. Head to viahemp.com and use code MSHEET to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies. That's viahemp.com and use code MSHEET at checkout. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Enhance your every day with Via Hemp. Again, if you're 21 and over, you can get 15% off plus a free pack of award-winning gummies with our exclusive code, msheet at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P dot com. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So first of all, we want you to know that we're going to bring this episode to you as quickly as possible. So it's going to be unrehearsed, unscripted, totally unprofessional, (laughs) totally raw. And, uh, you know, often when we say we do it uh, unscripted, I'll tell you a secret. We still go back and do at least a little bit of editing. And we're not going to have time to do that today. No, we're we're live from the Logansport Library right now. So continuing the trend of recording in library conference rooms. But today was a huge day for the Delphi case. So, so we're the murder sheet. And this is Richard Allen. The Delphi murders. The Delphi mu- the wait, the Delphi murders Richard Allen. Right. So uh, I guess the story for us started uh, a couple of days ago when 
a source we consider incredibly reliable let us know that an arrest had been made. Or someone had been detained, something was happening. But we had basically no other information other than that. No name, no further details. And even though this source, again, has been wonderful for us and is incredibly reliable, it's just one source. Yeah, we can't run with that necessarily unless we're able to get other people to say, yes, that is the case. And we were not able to do that in this instance. So we sort of felt the responsible thing to do is, you know, just relax and see what happens, basically. So that's what we did. Uh, Then we're recording this on Friday, October 28th. And it was, uh, I'll be a bit vague here, but this morning we got a phone call confirming the accuracy of the information our source gave us and let us know that there had been an arrest. So immediately, basically, right then and there, we got dressed and ran up here, uh, ran up to Delphi because we wanted to be on the ground and figure out what is happening, who has been arrested, uh, what do we know about him. So we've basically been spending the entire day today going around Delphi and its surrounding environments, uh, <laughs> surrounding environs, apologies, basically just trying to gather information. So we've just been digging around all day. So that's why it's taken so long to put this up, because we've, we've literally just been in news gathering mode. And before we talk too much more about the day, I think it's, it's interesting to note that news gathering is a community enterprise. And so there were other local reporters working this, and they'd call us, we'd call them, and we'd exchange information so we could all figure out what was happening so we could share it with the public. Yeah, it was really heartening to see the fourth estate sort of working together to figure out what's going on. It's not all about competition or getting something first. It's about how can we better inform the community that we all serve. And also members of the community sort of reaching out and saying, here's what I know, here's what I know, here's what I see. I mean, so we were able to connect with, you know, numerous different people today, and I I just, I think that's great. I think people are really motivated right now to get answers about this case and ultimately hopefully see justice for Libby and Abby. So, yeah. (laughs) The first thing we did, naturally, is we raced to the Carroll County Courthouse. Yes. Because the stories we heard was that there was some sort of court hearing this morning, allegedly, where this man who was arrested, Richard Allen, was faced some sort of charges related to this case. Yeah, so why don't you explain, as an attorney, Kevin, what normally you would expect to see in terms of a court record in regards to something like this? Normally, you would expect to see a court record because <laughs> uh, it's the responsibility of the court to keep accurate documents relating everything that happens in the court. Basically, if someone sneezes in court, there should be a record of it somewhere. And we as taxpayers pay for the operation of the courts. So we're entitled to all that information. And generally, court employees are very, very happy to share that information. And if for some reason, uh, I think we all remember back in August when uh, Kagan Klein was temporarily placed in the custody of the Indiana State Police. Right. And when that happened, 
that border was initially sealed. So you couldn't see that order, but you could see a document saying something had been sealed. Mm -hmm. So there's a trace. Yes. So uh, our hope was we would see some sort of indication of what happened at this so-called court hearing. Or at least have some sort of explanation from employees on the ground telling us, oh, here's, you know, maybe there's a glitch in the system. Uh, but that's not what happened today. What happened? We got stonewalled, along with all the other press who showed up asking for information, which we are is our right to obtain. So that was bizarre and upsetting. Uh, you don't expect this level of kind of secrecy, and it's frankly kind of disturbing because, I mean, we can understand that this is a sensitive case, uh, but procedures are there for a reason and the court system is supposed to operate in the light where people can see it and you know <laughs> be public uh so i feel like the first amendment implications of what happened today were frankly appalling but yeah everybody we talked to just kept saying what the hell is going on <laughs> i was gonna say all the court employees oh we, <laughs> oh yeah no that was all the reporters all the court employees were basically all saying, the court employees were saying look it up on my case look it up on my case <clears throat> in my case is what is my case? My case is, of course, Indiana's a uh, public, you know, court case, uh, like the website essentially, and uh, that's it's a repository of all public records related to the courts. Yes, and uh, basically, it's not on there either, so <laughs> it's nowhere. Nobody knows where it is. It's a lot of finger pointing, and it's just I don't know. It's it's. And the message we kept getting was. More information is going to be released on Monday morning, October 31st at 10 a.m. at a press conference at the church in Delphi. Which, can I just add, we're very happy that something is happening. So I'm, I'm, very, I'm overjoyed, frankly, that we may be getting that much closer to answers for Abby and Libby's families, for their friends, for their loved ones, and for the community of Delphi, and frankly, other communities that you know care about this whole thing. But at the same time, we, we don't understand the decision to kind of basically have it come out on a Friday and then wait a weekend and do it on a Monday. That that seems a little, I mean, in a case this high profile, it seems a little bit unusual to have that sort of uh, delay time. As, as I recall, they did something similar with their new direction yeah. press conference. Yeah, they did. I, I seem to recall that uh, the announcement of that came out on a Friday and the actual press conference was on uh, a Monday. You could argue that this is because maybe they know there's national press interest, so they want to give the national press an opportunity to... I can understand that, and I can understand also wanting to make sure this is really prepared and we give everybody involved a lot of time to prepare. So I, I'm sympathetic to that, but I also feel like sometimes when you do this, you have you just kind of invite rampant speculation, and there, you know becomes a bit unmanageable for some of the people involved, and I think... You know, I mean, hopefully that won't happen, but, I mean, let's be clear. There's been there's, <laughs> there's probably going to be a lot of speculation yeah. <laughs> over the next couple of days, but the difference is that hopefully on Monday we'll get some pretty clear yeah. answers. I'm really hopeful. I'm really hopeful. Which will put a damper on that speculation. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I feel, I mean, this, to be clear, we have been covering this case extensively since, I would, you know, I mean, in terms of getting scoops, like, you know, late 2021 and you know early 2022 is kind of when we really got into it and we did not see this coming at all uh this is not a name richard allen that we are familiar with so we want to be very candid about that and say you know 
this was not the next guy on our notebook that we were going to get to later. This is just, I mean, this is astounding. Uh, and it's a bit of a, a shocker because basically we've been able to kind of document over time how the case has developed. So you have Kegging Klein first coming on the radar in 2017. And then immediately after, the month after the murders, March of 2017, you have Ron Logan, who really becomes a suspect and a search warrant is served and we documented that. Then later on in 2020, it's like it pivots back to Keg and Klein and you know people around him. But now here in, uh, <laughs> what month is it? October 2022, you have, um, you have this Richard Allen coming up. And so the question that I think a lot of people have and that we certainly have and have no information on whatsoever, so we're trying to dig, are there any connections between Mr. Allen and folks like Ron Logan or folks like Keg and Klein? Is there anything? Or is it this just a completely new avenue? Uh, is he is he believed to have worked alone? Is he considered the main suspect for like the actual killer or perceived to be more of an accomplice? We don't know. Um, and it's not clear at this point. Yeah, we don't even know if this is the only arrest that police expect to make in this case. In fact, there have been hints that maybe it isn't, but hopefully we will find out some more answers on Monday morning. Yeah, I feel like we'll know for sure on Monday morning, or at least have a more of a sense of like, is there more investigation that needs to be done, or are we are we good and we can head for a trial or some sort of a plea with, with this person? Yeah, hopefully also on Monday morning, the uh, court documents will be released. We can all read, hopefully... Uh, probable cause affidavit which will lay out the case against Mr. Allen and will explain why the police and the prosecutors decided to proceed against him. Hopefully, I would, I would also hope that maybe some of these documents will uh, reveal who is representing Mr. Allen at trial. Now, can we speak maybe a little bit vaguely about some things that we understand regarding behind-the-scenes things around around this development? Yes. And namely that this seems to be sort of a depri- surprising development all around. I don't necessarily get the sense that this was necessarily in the works for a long time, but that's just my perception. Yeah, someone uh, behind the scenes said it was a bit of a twist. Yeah. So, I mean... To give you a sense, if it's a if it's a twist for the public and the media, you know that's maybe kind of sums it up for everybody. Frankly, although uh, we don't know at this point, was Richard Allen on the radar soon after the murders? Is this the first time investigators are hearing about him? We don't know, and that would be very interesting to know because if this is somebody who perhaps was looked at early on and maybe cleared or they didn't have enough on him. Uh, and he's been kind of in the background for a long time, you know, that would just be another indication that oftentimes behind-the-scenes look at an investigation is going to be very different than what the public is perceiving if if investigators are keeping things close to the vest. Yes. So what else can we talk Uh, about? Let's let's take a moment to, uh, I, I believe, our next stop after the courthouse is we went to... CVS. Yes. We've all heard that there have been reports that Mr. Allen either was currently employed by the CVS or was recently employed by the and CVS. And it's the CVS store in Delphi. Yeah, that, that's the information we had. So we, we naturally, let's go to the source, let's 
see if there's people at the CVS who can tell us about uh, Richard Allen. And unfortunately, we did find people there, but they would not tell us about Richard Allen. Uh, They seemed to be, I would say, they gave the perception that they were expecting us or that they're expecting reporters because usually when you say, hey, did this guy work here? People are kind of like caught off guard and like, what? What do you want to know? But in this case, they were very much like, we cannot comment on that. You know, very polite. Good day. (laughs) Good afternoon, sir. Um, Very polite, very firm, very immediate. So, I mean, make of that what you will. But, you know, I think that's, uh, I think that's interesting. And uh, so we weren't able to officially confirm if he worked at the CVS. But that is what, that is what the, you know, uh, rumor, rumor mill has. So uh, our next stop after the CVS was the Carroll County Sheriff's Department. And the reason why we went to the Sheriff's Department is because that is where the Carroll County jail is. What happened at the sheriff's department, Anya? When, so we were essentially the last reporters allowed in the door. We, we showed up there, we kind of walked into this building, and we're looking around. This is the sheriff's office slash jail, and um, this is the sheriff's office slash jail, and so we uh, basically looked around and uh, found an employee. They asked what we wanted, and we told them that we wanted to, um, you know, inquire after a possible inmate who was either currently incarcerated there or had been incarcerated there earlier, and basically asked them, you know, is Richard Allen like what? What's the deal with that? And they said um, we could, uh, we we couldn't ask them essentially that we could ask Toblez and be the sheriff of Carroll County, and that he was going to be away this week. And then uh, we kind of were like, okay, and so... Then they showed us the door. Yep. We left, and almost immediately another reporter arrived. Several other reporters. And they weren't even allowed in. They, they were met at the door. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, kind of the stonewalling. Uh, you know, uh, we understand it. It's people's jobs, but it's, it's a little bit ominous. Um, a weight loss journey can feel like a lonely struggle. But it doesn't have to be. For so many of us, lifestyle changes like deciding to lose weight, adopting a nutritious diet, and taking up fun exercises are all about putting our own health and wellness first. But it can be really hard to know where to begin or how to keep the weight off once we've seen some progress. Quick fixes like soup diets and juice cleanses are unsustainable. There's a much better way to embark on this journey that over 200,000 people have already chosen. We're talking about the Roe Body Program. Here's how it works. Roe gives you access to one of the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Their Roe Body Program then sets up a comprehensive weight loss program tailored to your specific lifestyle, health status, and goals. In addition to the weekly shot, you get one-on-one coaching with a registered nurse. That can help you adopt and stick with lifestyle changes like exercise routines and nutritious diets. It's a comprehensive program that sees participants lose 15 to 20% of their weight in a year on average. But the real benefit is that you keep that weight off. This is weight loss at its most sustainable. With Roe, the average weight loss is 15 to 20% of your weight in one year, in conjunction with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash msheet. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. Go to roco slash msheet. That's R-O dot C-O slash msheet. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So after that, we went to Mr. Allen's house. We did. We obtained his address and uh, went there to see if we could find a family member or somebody who would be willing to provide comment and give some context about who this guy is and why he's being looked at. Uh, we we knocked on the door, uh, kind of the uh, doorbell seemed to have been ripped off. It's it was like loose wires. Loose wires, so that's kind of um, odd. Why don't you describe the house? Very nice, very nice house in my opinion. It was just sort of a uh, you know well manicured lawn. Uh, little decorations. Uh, so it, it seemed to be a very well-kept house in a kind of a nice and quiet neighborhood. So it, I thought it was a very nice property. So, um, you know, that, of course, when, when you're talking about a case like this, you know, it's not all about, you know, aesthetics, right? It's just, uh, we just kind of, it just looked like a normal house that you might see anywhere in suburbia, essentially. That, that was my perception. Uh, while we were there, we knocked on the door and no one answered. But we thought we heard some voices from the backyard. And so we went in the backyard because we thought there was somebody back there. And we're telling you that because it becomes relevant because of why. Um, basically, there's rumors that the backyard was, was dug up or that the fire pit was searched. So when we were back there, we didn't see extensive evidence of that. The fire pit was covered in leaves that looked like they'd been there for a little bit. Uh, there was a patch of uh, dirt near the side of the house, but only a small part of it looked like it had been disturbed. It almost looked like uh, a garden or something. Yeah, so we didn't see any evidence of that. D- that doesn't mean that that didn't happen. Right, and we, 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 it's not like we spent a lot of time there examining no, the we weren't like t- No, we weren't like looking we, around. We went back there. We thought we heard somebody that wasn't, so we got back in yeah, the car. Yeah, we, we didn't want to trespass, so we got out of there, basically. We uh, knocked on a... a I don't know, to be clear, we went in the morning, but then the, the, the time we thought we heard someone in the backyard was in the afternoon. Yeah, we went we back, came back We came back to try again. Uh, we also knocked on some doors in the neighborhood. Nobody wanted to talk. At one point, we saw some people standing in their driveway. They made it very clear they didn't want to talk to us. And uh, as we were walking around the neighborhood, we saw a group of reporters who were standing talking to uh, a person in a a parked car. And this car was, I shouldn't say parked, it was a stopped car in the middle of the road. And it turned out it was a sheriff's car. And the reason they were talking to him was not to get information about this case. 
the reason they were talking to him was somebody in the neighborhood said there's a bunch of reporters sniffing around in the neighborhood. Come get rid of them. So in other words, somebody in the neighborhood that Richard Allen lives in called the police to get rid of the reporters. So that kind of gives you a sense of uh, some of the reception. I would say that uh, in this case, it's, it's understandable that people feel pretty burned out by national media attention, but also, you know, reporters are just here trying to do their jobs and inform the community. So you don't have to call the cops. You could just decline to comment, in, in fairness. Yeah, re- reporters are just like anybody else. And if you say, I don't want to talk to you, you know, reporters are just going to walk away. And in fact, one of the houses in this neighborhood had a sign up saying this is a daycare. We have kids here, so please, reporters, don't knock. Yeah, we turned around the second we saw that. And no other reporters knocked on that door, too. No, if people, if you make your preferences clear, most reporters, I would say, will respect that. We don't want to go up and get yelled at. <laughs> we're, we're like people just like you, so um, that's a good technique if you're trying to not get bothered. Uh, just kind of you know, put up a little sign. But if you're willing to talk, then that's also helpful. And you can, you know, if you're worried about, you don't want your face going out there, you can say, I want to talk off the record. So there's ways to kind of do it in a way that it works for everybody. And in fairness, not everyone in the neighborhood was standoffish. As we stood there talking with these reporters, because we, we talked with them even after the sheriff's deputy left, as we talked to these reporters, a couple of people who, uh, lived in the general vicinity, came over and said, hey, what's going on? Yeah, they didn't have much information on Richard Allen. They basically indicated that they were not really familiar with him or his family, that they did not know the people who lived in that house. So they didn't have a lot of information, but they were certainly curious about what the reporters knew and were trying to sort of, you know, get informed as well, you know, as people who want to know what's going on in their community. So um, from there, we uh, took a bit of a detour, I would say. Yes, from there we went to Mexico. Not the country. <laughs> it's, it's The section of, of Indiana is interesting because there's a Peru, Indiana that we spent a lot of time talking about. There's yep. also a Mexico, Indiana. And a Kokomo, so it's, it's different. But uh, we went to Mexico. We went to Mexico because we had some information that Richard Allen's parents lived there. Mm-hmm. And we got their address. We did. And we showed up. Uh, we... Uh, saw how would, how would you describe the house um you know it was just a brick house i think um, yes yeah i don't it, nondescript uh uh the garage door of this house was open there was a kind of a burn mark in the front which i'm pretty sure was just burned leaves so i don't think that had anything to do with the case so i'm saying that you know we don't have to jump to you know conclusions uh so we knock <coughs> on uh the, the front door of the allen residence no one answers. We see that there's somebody nearby looking curious about what we're doing. So we go over and talk to this person. This person doesn't have much information. Doesn't know the, the family's son. You know, uh, Just knows uh, Mr. Allen Very senior. surprised that they would be involved in anything. Yeah, he just knows Mr. Allen Sr. is somebody that you say hello to in the neighborhood. I think we all have uh, people like that in the areas we live in. And they say, oh, by the way, here he is now. And... Uh, uh, Mr. Allen's father was driving down the street, and he turned into uh, a driveway at the back of the house. And so we decided, let's just go uh, and approach him and see if he would talk to us. So we identified ourselves as reporters. As he, w- he was getting out of his car. Yes, and we ad- we stood back. We identified ourselves as reporters, as we do when we're talking to people, because you know we're not trying to and sneak up on you. As soon as we started talking to him, we said, you know, Mr. Allen, 
He turns, he looks at us, he makes eye contact. As soon as we say we're reporters, he breaks eye contact. And what does he do then? He like glided away down the driveway into the back door of his house. And it was very ominous. Oftentimes, you know, as we mentioned, the, the, the neighbors in Delphi were very clear, like, oh, you're reporters, we don't want to talk to you. And we're, okay, that's, that's totally fine. That's your right. And we're, we're backing off. Usually people talk to you. This guy didn't talk at all. He just kind of, he didn't run, but he like power walked. He like glided uh, away. And so um, kind of seemed like a deer in the headlights moment. I almost kind of felt a little bad because obviously this is probably not a person used to dealing with the press. And also this is a person who's, we were perhaps the first members of the press or the public to approach him to ask questions about his son. And we will be far from the last. Yeah, I would imagine. I think the quiet, anonymous life this man has known is likely going to be changed forever because he's now the father of the man arrested in the Delphi murders. Yeah, it's, it, it was a it's kind of a chilling moment on another a number of levels, frankly. Just, yeah. Um, but anyways, so then we, where do we go after that? I don't even remember. It's a blur today. It's been quite a day. I believe after that, we went, we went back to Delphi. Yeah, we, we went back to Delphi. Uh, we kind of have just been running around trying to talk to as many people as possible. We can't talk about everything around that. So we're trying to be careful here. Um, but we, well, I guess, what are our thoughts on, on Richard Allen? And, and what does this mean for the case? I think a lot of folks who are following this are going to be excited that maybe answers are forthcoming, but I think they're going to be dismayed because it's like, who is this guy? Did, did anyone have this name on, our, on their list? If you did, email murdersheet at gmail.com and tell us why, if this is something that came up for you in the past. Um, and also, if you work at that CBS, also give us a tip. Or if you know anything about this, if you know anything, shoot us an email. If you know anything about Richard Allen, please email yeah, us. Yeah, please email us. I think the next few days are going to be full of a lot of speculation. People and possibly, possibly news. And possibly news. I think people out there very much... Everybody has their favorite suspect. So I think there's going to be people out there trying to... Make their suspect fit into it? Yes, trying to figure out, is there a possible connection between Richard Allen and Ron Logan? Is there a, a connection between Richard Allen and the Kleins? Is there a connection between Richard Allen and Person X or Person Y? I mean, there's going to be a lot of talk like yeah, that. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that because I mean we just don't know. We don't have any obvious connections between Logan or Klein or any of these guys. So I think what we're gonna do is, if there is a connection that we can report on that is confirmed, we'd love to get that, regardless of who it is. But if it's you know, it, we're not gonna engage in speculation because we don't know. This guy very well could be considered a sole perpetrator, who is just overlooked and new evidence has come forward in a way that makes a really strong case for him being the killer and we all have to be you know okay with or or possibly accepting of that if if that is what the evidence bears out exactly And, and at this point we don't even know what the police believe they can prove we don't even know if the police believe he is the killer or just uh an accomplice. And we're not going to talk about anything. A lot of very helpful and wonderful people have sent us things like Facebook screenshots and photos. 
and we appreciate that. And what it's very interesting. It's very helpful, and it's very there's some very interesting things. So please keep sending send away. We love that, but also we can't. We're not going to talk about in this episode, not because we don't think it's interesting or that we don't think it's relevant, but because we haven't like been able to literally get on the internet today because we've just been driving around, and like we. We basically want to be able to sit down and look at everything and kind of just see what we're looking at before we report on it, if that makes sense. So uh, We don't want to report on anything until we're 100% sure. Especially since Rick Allen is a common name. And we don't want to be accidentally be <laughs> citing something from the wrong Rick Allen's Facebook page or something like that. Yes, yeah, so if you had a name like Anya Kane, Anya Kane is a very yeah. unusual name. I can't do anything. Because people will <laughs> immediately, you know, no. But I mean, like in all seriousness, Rick Allen. You know, I think even in a town as small as Delphi, didn't we find three or four people named Richard or Rick Allen? Yeah, I and mean, I'm pretty sure we Facebook messaged some of their contacts, and they were basically like, "No, like I just saw him like get out of here," and we were like, "Sorry, like that's you know, we ju- we just don't want to get anything wrong in that sense." Um, but I think I mean this. How do you feel like emotionally about this development? Uh. I really hope that this case comes to a resolution. Yes. I really want there to be, I don't know what the word closure means, but I hope that the families in this case get whatever answers they need. I. And deserve. I've, I've felt like such sadness and like heaviness reporting this case because it's just so awful what happened to these girls and what, what their families and what the community has endured ever since. But when I saw, you know, and we, we speak with the family, but with when I saw Becky and Kelsey posting, like, today is the day, I just felt, like, such hope. And I'm really hopeful that something will happen here. But, of course, Richard Allen right now, is he's, he's innocent until proven guilty. So is everyone in this case. And, uh, I mean, ultimately what will bring about answers is not the arrest alone, it's the arrest followed by a trial and a conviction. I feel like at that point, things change. Yes. Substantively. Because unfortunately, as we've seen with this case, you know, there are ups and downs. Although I imagine that given how high profile this is, and this is speculation, given how high profile this is, I have to imagine that the, the authorities involved and law enforcement would not take the gigantic step of arresting somebody and basically confirming a link to Delphi without really looking at it first. You know, with Keg and Klein, you know, yeah, there was the link to Delphi. They put that out there. Wish TV broke the story. We followed up and got some reports. But ultimately, he's being tried for uh, child sexual abuse materials. He's not being tried for Delphi. So if we have a a real honest-to-goodness trial for the crime of killing Abby and Libby, that's, you know, that's going to mean something. I mean, I would, ha- I would have to think that police felt like they could take that step because they have something concrete. But we don't know yet, but we're trying to find out. And hopefully uh, the next time we talk with you, we will have more answers. Uh, we certainly plan to attend the press conference on Monday. Yeah, we're going, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will be there, and... You know, it's one of those things, you know, we kind of debated, do we want to get on the air a little bit sooner and and talk to the audience sooner? But we kind of felt like, I mean, listen, (laughs) we're never going to beat national and uh, local news for the most part. You know, this is what they do. There's excellent reporters out there. 
they're sourced up to the gills and they're they're running this down. Hopefully what we can do going forward is, you know, provide some color context, maybe get some some news that we can bring you as we kind of suss this out, but you know, stay tuned because we're going to be very much very much on this story for the for the time being. And thank you so much for for listening, I guess. Uh, we really appreciate all you guys. Appreciate everyone who sent in tips and suggestions and and kind notes to us. And, uh, you know, just let's all just really, you know, keep Abby and Libby and their families in your thoughts right now. <laughs>